news radio. Do, 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 news radio. Office feud. Rocket fuel malt liquor. Damn. 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 <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> uh, so this is rerun forensics. We're mm-hmm. here with our good friends from California, Tango, and our co-host Aaron. Whoop whoop. And Giza. Season three, episode nineteen. The Office Feud, March 19th, 1997. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's Damn. a Episode 19, and it was on 319. Oh, wow. The wealth I of information know, right? is already flowing. Yeah. But Aaron took great notes on this one, so mm-hmm. let's uh, dive into it. Okay. All right. Aaron? Uh, so the, uh, there's basically three plots going on. The main one is uh, Bill McNeil was hired to do live ad reads endorsing rocket fuel malt liquor in a manner by which Catherine Duke does not approve. Oh, yeah. Um, the B plot, a, a group of nonprofit environmentalists occupy the floor above the newsroom. And they're making a lot of noise. It causes causes havoc in a lot of ways. Yeah. And uh, the C C-plot, Lisa Miller is in Washington, D.C., covering the White House Easter egg roll at the behest of Jimmy James, the station owner. What's your dad's name? Neptune. What party does he belong to? He belongs to the Korean man. Which Korean man? The one that owns my dad. Right. But what's your dad's name? Penny Hosu. Right. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say about plot A. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's so much the drink that she's against as it is how he puts it. Oh, yeah. The manner, right? Which, yeah. Yeah. The manner in which he does well, it. Yeah. Right, right. He doesn't care for the drink either. In uh, a manner by which he, yes, sorry. Yeah. But the manner by which he, yeah. Yeah. Right, he's like right. really tone deaf to the fact that he's stereotyping well, he's being... lower income people. And yeah. She... Instead of saying, like, oh my God, this is the awesome malt liquor. He was, you know, he's like, yeah. oh, yo. What's up, y'all? Bill McNeil rocking the mic again, cold representing rocket fuel malt liquor. It's got the mad flavor that takes any situation to the next level. So when the party starts bouncing and the ladies start bumping, tighten up your flow with rocket fuel. Rocket fuel malt liquor. Damn! <laughs> like when he's, he's, he's prepping for the roll. <laughs> and he's, he's just going, what's up? What's up? What's up? That's to Catherine. Is what's up a cheer, an upbeat, cheery salutation or a lower whispered greeting among intimates? <laughs> <laughs> Total I wish you know he ain't hooked in. Right. He is yeah. not woke. No. So Catherine's offended it's because woke. Rocket Fuel's clearly a product that Bill does not use and the ad copy pandered to offensive stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So she convinces him to drink some Rocket Fuel with her and she... Um, surreptitiously dumps hers over her shoulder and into the break room sink as they're uh, taking their swigs. Yeah. And after a few cups, she uh, tells Bill that his what's up y'all slang is outdated. Very VH1. Strictly ills and idiotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she proceeds to supply him with an ostensibly new and hip, but actually fake slang vocabulary. Bill rewrites his ad copy using Catherine's new words, and he almost immediately gets fired from the rocket fuel account. What? That stuff was misneronic, yo. That that stuff was embarrassing. We at uh, Rocket Fuel have a little something called street cred, or we did until that spot. 
Oh, come on, Glenn. What's up, your rocket fuel malt liquor? Damn! Stop. We don't want you promoting our product. That's all there is to it. And Catherine's then most unreceptive when the rocket fuel representative wants her to do the, the job. Right. Right. Yeah. Two but, things. One is that white claw, and two, your makeup looks good. It does. Oh, yes. It is white claw. White claw. White claw, please. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Mango flavored white claw. I've got a series of quotes and then a glossary along with this section. So, um, rocket fuel malt liquor. Damn. That recurs throughout, or sometimes just damn. Right. Yeah. Um, Catherine, they don't serve this at bars. They serve it under bridges and on street corners. <laughs> I should ask about our local distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, and Catherine, you don't look so great. Maybe our little tasting party was a bad idea. Bill, nonsense. The malt liquor was delicious and refreshing. <laughs> right. Well, eventually he incorporates the, uh, you know, the modified urban slang into his ad. And yeah, maybe I should do the glossary before I do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. So the glossary, I came up with five uh, terms or phrases. Ill's idiotic. That's mm-hmm. that's stupid. Mm-hmm. I love that. Gaziza is hello or goodbye, an informal greeting. But the real origin of the word gaziza is uh, one of the writers had a brother that when he would play foosball, every time he'd hit the every time he'd hit the ball with one of the you know kick the ball with the foosball player, he'd yell gaziza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They put it in the episode. That's uh, cool. Dis- Disnufus is a doofus. Mm-hmm. Misneronic is moronic. And Crizappy is crappy. Those are all kind of like the, like the his A kind of thing. Yeah. It's almost like Pig Latin. Almost. Yeah. Much like I Pig. Pig much like Pig. I like Ills and Idiotic. Though. That's a good yeah. Ills and Idiotic. That's, yeah, that's the first one that she dropped on him. He's like, what? What, the, what are you talking about? You know, mm-hmm. then she yeah. started to, to weave the other. That's yes. It's us. Uh, it's VH very VH1 strictly ills nidiotic. Yeah. <laughs> so here's it's a because this is a disnufuses. This is Bill McNeil saying, "Get with the crisappy taste of rocket fuel malt liquor. Rocket fuel's got the upstate prison flavor that keeps you ugly all night long. So if you want to get sick, remember nothing makes your feet stank like rocket fuel malt liquor. Damn, it's wow." Crazy. Yeah. Dude, you should be a radio show host. I mean, where did that personality just come from? He's just oozing out of his pores there. What Man. the heck? That's funny. You go, yeah. it, Alpha Lima. One keep take, you- baby. One take. I like the way to keep using the word damn in different contexts. Yeah. You know, like he really uses it. inspired, it's the best. Yeah. Look at that. Damn. 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 Yeah, my right. When he realize- yeah, when he gets fired, it's like, damn. <laughs> 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 it changes with each. That was clever the way to use that yeah, throughout the, the episode. Right. So, I guess move on to the B plot, the nonprofit environmentalists. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Dave is constantly disturbed by the noise and debris from the upstairs environmentalists. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he, early on, he takes like a, a broomstick or a, some kind of, you know. I was trying to figure out what that was, too. I thought maybe it was a ruler or a yardstick. Yeah, and he's, he's, he bangs on the roof with it, the ceiling, ceiling. To, trying to tell him to quiet down. And then this, like drywall dust comes down and cakes his face. Then the second time he stands off at an angle and does it thinking that, you know, it's not going to get him. And then it comes right down and gets his face again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And later on uh, 
it got Jimmy James while he was just sitting there in the chair. <laughs> this is absolutely the worst day of my life. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's that's going on. Contributed to by the situation with Lisa. Beth yeah. is having uh, romantic fantasies about the environmentalists and their imaginary trust funds. Right. Yeah. You know, I wonder if any of those guys up there got into environmentalism because they have trust funds and they don't have to actually work for a living. And if so, are they single? <laughs> no. Um, She's uh, hanging out with Joe. Jim a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Joe wants to retaliate against the environmentalists. Who, by the way, are really involved. Well, Joe and Andy. Yes and no. They're, they're, they're pranksters. Yeah, but what it is is Andy is accidentally pranking Joe. Right. He thinks it's these brilliant, yeah. you know, right. environmentalists. Yep. Yeah, Joe wants to retaliate against the environmentalists, thinking that they've been playing pranks and setting booby traps. But in actuality, the pranks are the result of Matthew being an idiot. Yeah. The cigarette and fire hydrant, the honey in the microwave, etc. Um, the upstairs environmentalist is handicapped and something of a prankster himself because he plays basketball with the office redhead and he uh, re-booby traps Joe's elevator booby trap. Mm. Um, the only quote I think I had from that section was uh, Beth. Try to mention that there's a spunky redhead in this office. Joe, I don't know how to tell you this, but there's a spunky redhead in every office. It's funny seeing him with hair, isn't it? I mean, well, not no, because <laughs> that's, that's how I was introduced to him. Yeah, yeah, but now it's like, funnier seeing him without hair. You met him yeah. in person? Or you just I um I was actually at a showcase stand-up show of his before he was famous. Okay. Back Funny. about a year after I first moved here, I was probably working with Tango. Wow. You guys go way back. Like yeah. First California pal. Like there. 30 years. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Got history there. Mm -hmm. Chemistry. Yeah. So Tango and See, Alpha Lima. Mm -hmm. Tango and Alpha. That's, a, that's actually my, I'm kind of torn. Uh, the B and the C lines, I actually kind of enjoyed a little better than the mm. main yeah, I don't know. The case a lot of times. Yeah, I thought that uh, Maura Tierney was really good in the season. Show is that uh, Phil Hartman has a or Bill has a serious thing for Catherine, mm -hmm. and apparently they did at one and point. So does Joe. Okay, I did not. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, there, there's an episode where um, it was, mm -hmm. it's Catherine's last episode, and she tricks Joe and and uh, Phil McNeil into going to her abandoned apartment together i think joe's there naked with all the lights out and a bunch of candles all over and bill mcneil walks in with a bottle of wine or something yeah she, she's kind of the most sophisticated lady in the office i can see why yeah condy alexander yeah i thought their dialogues were at it was good you know the way that uh yeah he, they play well off he was other. trying to get her to uh call upstairs you know what you know, go ahead and call upstairs and everything and finally he just picked up the phone and he said shut the hell up <laughs> you know oh vicky lewis and uh, and joe yeah, yeah they were kind of tagging along throughout the episode mm -hmm. for the most part but it took me a while to figure out what was going on between joe and matthew andy dick mm -hmm. you know i was like well, i don't know that was one of those uh, moments where i kind of got lost in it i was like oh. andy you know. dick always whatever he does intentionally or unintentionally annoys joe and usually for a good reason yeah mm -hmm. It's probably not all made up either. Yeah. No. I will say this much. Dave Foley is on, it was on a new show in 2014 and it was called uh, Spun Out. It was Canadian. 
And it, it's very reminiscent of news radio. And especially in the fact that there's a Joe Rogan slash Andy Dick type character dynamic between two of the actors. I think now there's a Kids in the Hall reboot. We watched yes. an episode of it tonight. Mm-hmm. We watched an episode of the reboot to get ourselves cool. ready. Nice. I, I, I met uh, Dave Foley at the premiere of Wreck-It Ralph. That's actually the last premiere I volunteered at. So I think it was 2013. Mm-hmm. And um, it's right before he stopped drinking. He was quite drunk, but we uh, chatted for a while. And, Remember what you talked about exactly? Um, I had just listened to his, he was on uh, Mark Maron's podcast and Joe Rogan's podcast recently before that. It's mm-hmm. when uh, he had, he was in big alimony trouble. He couldn't go back to Canada without getting arrested because uh, the amount of his alimony was set. Burning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, he was going through that when I, I'll, I'll bring it up later after the, after okay. actually it's a, it's all over my, uh, bio. my bio. Yeah, I'm sure it is. That's, I'll, 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 I'll just tap on anything that I know at the end of yours. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, yeah, we'll get on to the Easter egg roll. Out that brought him back to... Uh, I'll save it yeah. for... Yeah, but we'll... Yeah. We'll, yeah. Okay. So um, Jimmy James is enamored with the White House Easter egg roll, but he's been banned from the event for life due to an incident in which he called <laughs> Rosalind Carter hot lips after <laughs> imbibing too much punch and billy beer. And right. he also peed in the Rose Garden. Right. Now, yeah. let me stop you just a second. Oh, Did please. With Billy or just by himself? No, that's exa- see, that's the point. That's mm-hmm. something that Billy Carter actually did that right. a lot of people, unless Our, you're our yeah. age, might not know about. You know, mm-hmm. I remember. I think they even talked about it on the evening news, and the, he had to apologize for embarrassment he did mm-hmm. for to his brother and all this stuff. And yeah, um, just a country boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Billy Carter really did pee in the rose garden, and um, he, he went to also say that he stole the couch from the Lincoln bedroom, right? Why didn't you just go to the event? Huh? I can't. I've been banned from it. What happened? Well, you know, just a little misunderstanding with uh, Rosalind Carter and Billy, and uh, you know, I sort of stole a souvenir from the Lincoln bedroom. Like an ashtray? No, a couch. <laughs> That's part of the story as well. That, that might have been, yeah. That sounds yeah. familiar. Jimmy James, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you steal a couch? <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the way he just... Uh, I know, right? One of his comics... He's like, he, th- he took a souvenir from the Lincoln bedroom, and then he admits after a while that it's a couch. Yeah. I don't want to step on the Stephen Root, but yeah, he's he's great in some other stuff, man. His sense of humor is like he slips his shit in to, that you do a double take on. Like, what the... Kind what of the like fuck? Yada, yada, <laughs> you know, it's yada. like He says that he whizzed on the lawn. The timing of that was just like, what? You know, out of nowhere, you know, and then... The other uh, thing was just like a, it's just like an afterthought for him too. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. another point of the episode, he alluded to the fact he said, "Well, I was deep throat at one time." You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, always, back when I was deep throat. Yeah. Back <laughs> when I was into politics and I was a deep throat. Um, <laughs> so that's part of his uh, the charm of that yeah, character. He's, he's a man of mystery. Yeah. Did, did you see the one where he's on a hot air balloon adventure? I probably did, but kind of like uh, Seinfeld. It may or may not have been a hoax. I think I think they faked it. <laughs> he was like in a studio faking a faking a balloon flight. Right. <laughs> but why? You sure it wasn't a woman? It might have been. 
I think part of his charm is that he, yeah, uh, he's, he's kind of a, you get the sense that he may be a Republican, you know, he, he got, he's got some money. Um, Hard-hitting yet endearing journalist Lisa Miller keeps getting pantyhosed by the children she interviews. <laughs> in addition, a girl breaks a raw egg in Lisa's palm, and a boy steals her flip phone and leads her on a chase back and forth across the screen as the episode ends. Yeah. Yeah, and let's not forget the kid who talks about what daddy did but won't tell her who daddy yeah, is. That's that's the first quote, yeah. Right. Yeah. Lisa, what's your name, Timmy? Pantyhose. Lisa. Okay, Timmy. I know that's your name, Timmy. How old are you? Pantyhose, 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 underpants. <laughs> We're not on the air anymore. Okay, do you need me for anything else? Nope, that ought to do it. Bye-bye. It gets like <laughs> totally serious as soon as they're not on the air anymore. <laughs> oh, it's the second one. Yeah. My dad's a congressman. What? <laughs> the, the next kid. My dad's a congressman. Congressman. Which one? Not telling. Okay, are you having fun today? A Korean man gave my dad a big boat for free. What party does he belong to? He belongs to the Korean man, the one that owns my dad. What's his name? <laughs> Pantyhose. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Jimmy James and, uh, and Dave have a talk about uh, how uh, something about he had a choice between sending Lisa and uh, Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> and he said, well, you made the right choice because if you hadn't, you'd have two people running around the White House. <laughs> Yelling <the> pantyhose. <laughs> that was a good one, Dave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dave wanted to seize on that because he thought he really had a news story. So like he was, mm -hmm. that's when uh, Jimmy James and, and Dave had their huddle up. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. What other quotes I had? Um, I'm just getting ready to kick some mad flavor in your ear. Matthew says, is that like a wet willy? <laughs> <laughs> then, then the oxymoron bit. Nonprofit organization. Even the name's an oxymoron. <laughs> Dave says, you mean like military intelligence? <laughs> right, right. Or Swiss cheese. What the hell's the deal with that, Dave? Uh, some new people moved in upstairs about a week ago. Yeah, yeah the kind of noisy, some sort of Nonprofit environmentalist. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm sorry. A what? Nonprofit environmentalist group. Hey, that's repugnant. Environmentalist? No, no, the other thing. Oh, nonprofit. Ow! It hurts me. All right, that hurts my stomach just sorry. just thinking about that nonprofit organization. They, it, it, even the name's an oxymoron. Oh, right. You mean like uh, military intelligence? Right, right. Or uh, Swiss cheese. What the heck? Yeah, like there's another one. I think that was my favorite. Yeah, and then, then Beth later. Dave, do you remember the guy upstairs that asked asked me you asked me to get in touch with? Well, ironically, he called me back. Line two. Mm -hmm. That isn't technically ironic, but thanks. Yes, it is. Like when it rains on your wedding day. That isn't technically ironic either. Uh, he's right. He's it's right. an oxymoron. Oh, you mean like Swiss cheese? Exactly. <laughs> so it was reinforced. It was doubled down by Beth. Yeah. The um, trivia that I told you where the term Gazizza comes from, but it makes a return five episodes later in the episode Space. Mm. There's a few wacky episodes in news radio where um, there's one where they turn the studio into the Titanic and there's another one where it's a spaceship. And um, yeah, they mm. Bill and Catherine greet each other. Gazizza Bill, Gazizza Catherine. <laughs> the doors go psh, psh. Um, Maura Tierney was away from the rest of the cast filming the Jim Carrey film Liar Liar. That's why she was all by herself. I remember that movie. I wondered about that because sometimes 
there's a tension on set. And so they find a way to separate the cast. Yeah, it's just to accommodate her schedule. Yeah. And um, there's a running joke on the show where people like have a crush on the photo of Dave's mother. And in this episode, Bill was drunk and he had a crush on the photo of Lisa thinking that it was Dave's mother. Mm-hmm. But it's usually Jimmy James that has the crush on Dave's mother's photo. So did Jimmy James ever meet Dave's mother? I don't think so. Well, you remember the quote from this? Which one? What you're talking about. Dave tells him, well, that's Lisa. Yeah. That's not my mother. That's Lisa. Uh, Now I don't feel so bad about picturing her naked. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny how fast that alcohol went to his head, man. He was like, Mm -hmm. he must be a teetotaler, I guess. I mean, I think there was a little more. Well, uh, malt liquor is powerful stuff. Yeah. Plus, he was just like, she, he was shooting and shooting, and she was throwing it back. She wasn't even drinking. Kind of like this. I've never, I've never had malt liquor. I'm not sure what the alcohol level is. You're going to get, you're going to shotgun that thing? Come on, baby. Is it water? Michelob Ultra Low Carb Beer. Yeah. But how much is the alcohol content on that malt liquor? I don't know. <laughs> Let me see what uh, old English Your average malt liquor is higher alcohol content. Yeah. Kind of like MD 2020. It's the stuff you get when you want to get plastered. Yeah, right. MD 2020 is like fortified wine. Right? That's Logan David. Yeah. Well, anyway. alcohol by volume right there. It comes up. Um, it says it's only 5.9%. Huh. Yeah, that don't sound. You mean MD 2020 or, or your average? Oh, there's two variants. There's a 7.5 too. It's still and not. One of the uh... things it's popular because it's cheaper and it gets you drunk. Oh, there's fast. more. There's an eight. Let's see. Steel Reserve. What is that? Mm. Is that you, malt liquor? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Ken yeah. Ken was trying to turn me on to that shit. He was like, he said, that'll get you there real quick. <laughs> he <laughs> likes <laughs> um, he likes the um the the Austin. Is it the Austin wine that, that comes in like pee? Eight point one percent. Yeah. There you go. It's probably yeah. Well, that's probably equivalent of rocket. Probably fuel. eight eight percent or upward, yeah. Is that like Guinness? Guinness is um a stout. That's yeah. that's Oh. That's a that's just a, a real beer. Old it's English a flavor a malt more liquor. Any, uh, yeah. I think it's I'm like just fortified. Stick to my hard seltzer. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Come yeah, she, she was tossing them over her shoulder and he was tossing yeah. them back. Oh, there's I added a new I added a new section. I forgot this time. Why this episode? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good okay, that's a good why one. Why this episode? Because uh, a Tango had a real good reason mm-hmm. for her for her Seinfeld. So right. Yeah. So this one um in 1997, on a night hike, my friend Preston had just been to this taping. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, he was describing it to us scene by scene. And he, you know, he had to watch all the takes of the rocket fuel reads. And I'm sure he didn't necessarily get them the first time. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's, he's telling us everything. And he's, um, and when he said, Gazism, my Disnufus, it just cracked us up. Mm-hmm. And he said, Disnufus instead of Dilsnufus. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, before the episode ever aired, this around the time I got married, we we got a dog, Winnie, the Disnufus. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he one time he put his front paws up on the on the foot of the bed and sneezed. He just said, "Gaziza, my Disnufus," and he was the Diz after that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, um, that's yeah. We we still say Gaziza whenever somebody sneezes. I remember you saying that last time when we yeah. mentioned this. Mm-hmm. That's uh. That's the why for this episode. Well, let me, I had a couple quotes that I put down too. So oh, yeah. I'll, yeah. Real quick. Honest. The, to Catherine, Bill McNeil said, isn't it a bit hypocritical to attack me 
when you are just a shill for the incontinence industry. Because, <laughs> and then I thought it was funny. Another thing to kind of reveal Jimmy James's personality is when uh, he brought up the fact that it was a nonprofit environment and he called it yeah. repugnant to him. Like he couldn't oh, stand the idea. Yeah. That's, you know, that's where the, the uh, oxymoron stuff all spun yeah. out from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what environmentalists know that other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, it hurts me. Even the names an oxymoron like Swiss cheese, like you said already. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why don't we go ahead and stick our commercial break in here? Uh-huh. All right. So we got our bios. We got our bios. Who wants to go first? Um, I can go if you want. I'll go this time. Are we doing boy girl? Yeah, we'll go. We'll go tango, Phil, Lisa, Aaron. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So Phil Hartman, Philip Edward Hartman. He's got some nicknames. Sultan of Smarm, the glue <laughs> of Saturday Night Live, the man of a thousand voices, five, ten and a half. Uh, born in Ontario, Canada, Brantford, died in Encino, USA. I think everyone knows about that. He was, uh, he'd be 74 now if he was still around. Did not he was know he was born in Ontario. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Eventually he got his citizenship. Right. He was of German, Irish, and English descent. He originally studied graphic design at uh, CSU. He did some uh, part-time work as a graphic artist, designed album covers for bands like Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Oh, wow. And Poco. Cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. I didn't know he was an artist artist. Yeah, he was in this uh, comedy troupe called The Groundlings, and that's where he met Paul Rubens and John Lovitz. That I knew he was a Groundling product. Phil and Paul so- created the character Pee Wee Herman together. Oh. Who? And Phil who? and Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens, Pee Wee. Oh, okay. Created Pee Wee Herman together. I didn't oh. know he co-created Pee Wee. Yeah. Phil had a, had a role on Pee Wee's Playhouse as Pirate Captain Carl. That I knew. Yeah. Never really watched that show. Such a silly show. Yeah. It was, what what else? It, it was good. I thought it was good. I felt he was railroaded. Silly is a good thing in my world. Mm-hmm. That That's good. The silly part's good. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. He then joined SNL in 86. You know, everybody knows his, all of the different characters he did. And uh, he nicknamed, he was nicknamed uh, the Glue, as I said earlier. And he was the voice for a lot of commercials and cartoons, you know, uh, like for Simpsons. And, and uh, yeah. I mean, Say goodbye man. to Lionel Hutz and hello to Miguel Sanchez. And News Radio, of course, the arrogant radio show host. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was a bunch of movies too. Like I've seen the where he was in the one Greedy mm-hmm. and Jingle All the Way. Yeah, those were cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately uh, fast forward to May twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight. Phil was shot to death by his wife, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we we lost him. A funny man, talented man. Right. Uh, but but however, you know he was known for playing uh, oblivious or immoral characters. So <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of a comic genius. My uh, my thing there is, I think he might have been considered the glue because during the seasons when he was on, he was pretty much the best thing on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. he. It takes a, a really good comic to be able to take on the role of the asshole, and then not even just like a really good solid villain, but just a jerk. Yeah, you but, know. I, yeah, I, I or, guess. Like you said, an oblivious character. He doesn't have a clue that he's, you know. Self-involved. Like one of those things favorite. they say, if you don't know who the jerk is in your group of friends, it's probably you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. so I got this one is mm-hmm. suitable. 
When uh, Phil Hartman died in 1998, it was necessary to write into the storyline of the television series News Radio, 1995, that his anchorman character Bill McNeil had died. When that episode was being filmed, the casting crew had to stop and restart a number of times because they continually broke out in tears. Oh. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. That would, yeah. Yeah, he did nine seasons of uh, Phil on The Simpsons. There's yeah. this little bit here from Saturday Night Live. Uh, in a television interview, he stated, uh, Hartman stated that he believed what clinched the SNL audition for him was when he was asked if there's anything else he wanted to show them, he replied he could do any dialect. If they could name the dialect, he could do it. And so Dennis Miller was watching his audition and shouted out, do French. And Hartman's reply was, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. That's, oh, but he did speak uh, fluent German. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's had a Hollywood Walk of Fame, Canada Walk of Fame. Oh, and another one here. So his death occurred only five days after the Seattle International Film Festival, which premiered on Disney's English dub of Kiki's Delivery Service, mm-hmm. in which he gave one of his last performances. Ring huh. bells, Aaron? Didn't know he's, I didn't know he's in Kiki's Delivery Service. I mean, he probably was. I just didn't know. Anyway. That's one of the Miyazakis, right? I just brought it up because it said Disney. So I was like, yeah. oh, shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, he made a guest spot on the cliffhanger of the season finale of the show Third Rock from the Sun. He was meant to appear in the new season opener. Yeah. When I was uh, looking at Stephen Root, they said that he was getting ready to start a bunch of film projects, like he was going to become more of a film star. And that you know, a lot of his projects, of course, <laughs> all the ones that he was going to participate in, at least, uh, never transpired. So that's kind of unfortunate. Well, uh, are you? I'm good. Okay. Well, you're next, hon, and you've got Stephen Root. So. Okay. Yeah, flows right in. Mm-hmm. Now, is he still with us? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. He's on Barry. I don't know why I was confused. Yeah, yeah, he's on Barry. Yeah, he wow. plays Fuchs oh. on Barry, right? They're sort of his handler. He, he handler. starts out kind of giving him his, his hitman assignments. Yeah. Until he decides he wants to be an actor instead. Yeah. Well, that's because he's got the hot for that chick. Yeah. It's That's a good it. show. No ho, Hank's the best thing on that. Show. Well, we're, we're, yeah, we're kind of way behind that. The new... Aaron just said he hasn't seen the uh, the end of the last season. Oh, okay. No, oh, I did see the end of the last season. Mm. Henry Winkler's in the current season, so I'll do. Because uh... Henry Winkler's adorable. Who could kill him? <laughs> I mean, I got fair game. He might go down. He got a Doctor Winkler in Kenwood at uh, IMART, and he's related to Henry. <laughs> I asked, why not? Why not? Because he kind of looked like him, actually. Mm. So There's a, a nod. Yeah. All right. Good Stephen night. Root. When Aaron brought the show, I wanted to do Stephen Root because I like him in Office Space. Uh-huh. And I liked Jimmy James. I loved him in Office Yeah. The, the stapler. Yeah. Philip has the stapler shirt. Right. The red stapler. That's cool. Yeah. That says mine. This is an Office Space shirt yep. that I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, very yep. nice. Very got, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's his name? A Dumbler or whatever his name is, yeah. boss. Yeah. I think they um they didn't actually have a red swing line stapler prior to that movie. And then there was so much demand for it that they started making one. Huh. Yeah. So he was born November 17, 1951, Sarasota, Florida. Graduated Vero Beach High School. Dropped out of college just before graduation in order to join a Shakespeare troupe that traveled around the country and act in a van. Mm-hmm. and uh, appeared on campuses and uh, 
art houses and things like that doing Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. He did eventually he get talks about that on Marin. Yeah, it seems like whatever episode, like I, I did, I saw a couple interviews he did, and it seemed to come up uh, more than once. The Shakespearean stuff, yeah, in the van, yeah, right, in the van. <laughs> but they did get his uh, Bachelor exactly. of Fine Arts, his Bachelor of Fine Arts degree, uh, based on his, mm-hmm. you know, an honorary degree based on his accomplishments in theater and movies, and uh, eventually donated money to the school, the University of Florida. To build an actor's studio, which is now named after him. Oh, wow. The Stephen Root School of Acting or something? <laughs> the Stephen Root Actor Studio? Or like the Carl Lindner Building on the University of Cincinnati yeah. or whatever. You know, that type know. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. He's an extremely prolific character actor and voiceover actor with 200, over 250 acting credits. Um, oh. He's the voice of Bill Dotrieve on King of the Hill. That's right. <laughs> He's been in a number of Coen Brothers films, including their uh, Office Space, of course. Um, I don't know Coen Brothers. Huh? You, don't, you don't think it's Coen Brothers? That's not a Coen Brothers. No. Yeah, I was going to oh, say that's that Mike. That's seen... Mike Judge. Mike, Mike Judge. Judge. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah, not bad. Same, same guy as King of the Hill. Right. Um, there's, a, there's a definite. I was like, really? That's Coen Brothers. Well, I'll give you. Yeah, oh, brother, where art thou? I loved yeah. Oh, brother. Where yeah. Art thou? As a Coen Brothers, I forgot about I forgot about him in that one. Right, he plays yeah, especially the way uh, George Clooney kept getting the expert excrement feeding he, out of him. Wasn't he the blind uh, radio station guy? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's the one that actually started playing uh, the soggy, soggy bottom, bottom boys. boys. He recorded them, right? Mm-hmm. And he, and yeah. by the time they made it to I forget Nashville or wherever it was, they were famous because of the airplay. Yeah. That he he had started in his little radio station. Mm-hmm. So he was in Kindergarten Cop and had mm-hmm. a story arc in it that was entirely removed at the time that it was uh, oh, released. Okay. <laughs> it was the Schwarzenegger movie? Yeah. yeah. Barely remember that. I'm sure I saw it. Wait, was that the one? Uh, it's not a tumor. What's that? Huh? Is that the one? It's not a tumor. Yeah, I have a headache. I think it's a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Yeah. Is that Kindergarten Cop? Yeah, well, I refused. Okay. I refused to watch it because one of my favorite character actors was completely cut out of it, so I didn't mm. watch that. Uh, Stephen Root was cut out of it. Root. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was. He just wasn't interested in Arnold Schwarzenegger as a detective pretending to be a kindergarten teacher. Yeah, I, well, I, don't, I didn't get trying to make a comedian out of Arnold Schwarzenegger, a man who could barely. Actually, he, he is kind of funny. <laughs> it was funny. He's definitely got comedic timing. Oh, at the time, I, I, was, I probably was, haven't seen it in 25 or 30 years, but it was funny yeah, at the time. Yeah. I, I'm kind of a snob about that type of thing. It's like, well, I don't mm-hmm. like it when non kids around them were funny, and that made it seem like he's funny. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Reba either. I thought that well, was a really I bad thought, idea. I thought he held his own in Twins. <laughs> I saw that, and I thought he held his own in Twins. I liked a lot. I, I mean, I like a lot of them. I didn't see Twins. Yeah. Yeah, that was Danny DeVito and him. Wins was good, I thought. Yeah, but you know what? It's, it's his personality that people like. Yeah. You know, they like Arnold. They like him because he's mm-hmm. personable and charismatic. Yeah, yeah. So and that, that carries ass. a lot, and, he's, and he kicks ass. Yeah, right. I loved him in Commando. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of like The Rock. You know, The Rock is not a Shakespearean yeah. uh, he was a prototype. How how does he keep doing the really really bad movies? He's actually not a bad actor. He's and he's got the rock. comedic timing, but he keeps doing these dumb movies. And, I mean, it's got to be contractual. He who? 
the uh, The Rock. The Rock. Was yeah. the last one he did. Um, I think he does good movies. Jungle Cruise. I love Jungle Cruise. I don't know. That didn't do it for me. Oh, see it. I didn't see it yet. So I can't. Yeah. I love the ride. I haven't seen the movie yet. Oh, come on. Hey. I will. I plan to. I... I'm sorry. Is Phil finished? Um, yeah, I'm, We're I'm still just Stephen right, Rooting. right at the end here. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Basically, uh, he's, he's been married twice and has one son. His second wife is fellow actor Romy Rosemont. What'd she do? Any idea? They, they were slated to work together in a TV uh, project that never mm-hmm. happened. Um, okay. But other well, than that, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how prominent she you is as far really- as credits and theater and stuff you can't give a lot of credit to a project that didn't go through because you can have a perfectly good project with a good premise with a good cast and it just doesn't get picked up yeah Yeah. real real quick i got three quotes here to kind of Mm -hmm. speak to his uh whole approach he did Mm -hmm. say that he he would have liked he would like to do a leading role it's every character actor's dream to be a leading man but he Mm -hmm. kind of acknowledges that this is his lot in life my whole career, I've tried to bounce back and forth between everything and not get typed out. I've done a pretty good job of not getting typed. And when you think about his roles, they're very diverse. You know, uh, Milton and Office Space was kind of a, a ne'er-do-well. And Jimmy James was kind of a rich guy with a kind of a casual, you know, personality. And, you know, he is very mm-hmm. diverse with his roles. So yeah. another one is you have to remind casting directors out here yeah, that you both are just- way different from Barry. For example, yeah. Right. Barry's very different also. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you don't have to remind casting directors out there that you don't do just one thing. There's a lot of people who do just one thing. So it's very much by design that he's you know, got that. To me, that can be difficult when you're so good at that thing. Right. You haven't you seen know? him do office space another version of office space that character character. and and he could easily but that character i loved him yeah yeah and then finally while i think probably when i first got in the business i wasn't thinking of being strictly a character actor but i knew i wanted to be a working actor and as the years have gone on i just naturally evolved into that because you know Mm -hmm. i'm not a leading guy never was Mm. And I, and I think he could be if he wanted to be, but he's it's too much fun to be the character. I think he probably did some lead in theater, but I mean, yeah. did he want to be the 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 straight man? You know, he he started out all Shakespearean. Right? Yeah, that's true. Right, okay. um, David Scott Foley, born January third, nineteen sixty three. Um, just as well, an aside, what's your uh, birthday, Tango? January third. What's yours? Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought so. Wow. Okay. She should have got Dave, I guess. Well, there you are. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Foley currently resides in downtown Los Angeles. He is a fan of coffee, claiming to drink up to 50 cups a day while oh, on set. Shit. That's hard to imagine. Though. I know, right? Yeah. I think because it's free and they just hand it to him, and it might be like the demi-toss cups, you know, those tiny little cups. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Mary... Uh, I think it's full cups of coffee he's taking. Could be. Um, he was married. He's been married three times, and he has three children. Two with his first wife, one with his second wife. But there's a caveat. I'll get to that in a minute. 
In 2011, he went to court to protest an order of $10,700 a month for child support, an amount calculated to 400% of his income as news radio had ended. The court declined his request. Now in America, owing over a half million dollars in back child support, he believed returning to Canada would result in his arrest. The case was settled in 2013, but it was not oh, until... He... At this, it was at this time he met Aaron Leckinger at the premiere of Wreck-It Ralph. Oh. <laughs> yes, around this time he met Aaron Leckinger, our co-host from California. His um, arms must be tired. I said, the, I said uh, hey Dave, of we need to put you on our list. Yeah. And the case was settled in 2013, but it was not until he took the lead role in a Canadian series called Spun Out in 2014 that he, quote, made enough money to pay the price for admission to Canada. As I said before, he's been married three times to two women. He and his second wife divorced after six years in 2008 with one child and remarried in 2016. Foley suffered from depression his entire life. He used to drink and I, I, had quote, the, I had the wives backwards. I thought he remarried his first wife. He remarried his second wife. Yep. Well, uh, this is according to my deep dive into Wikipedia. I believe you. Yeah. Um, he used to drink. He and I quote, used to drink quite a bit. He stopped yes, he drinking did. on December 22nd, 2014, after he fell backwards while intoxicated, resulting in a severe head injury. He was diagnosed with a subdermal hematoma and spent four days in an intensive care unit. Was he in a coma? A hematoma. Mm -hmm. I thought he was in a coma for some reason, too. But no, he was just out for four days, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess technically that's sort of a coma. Um, A a subdermal hematoma is basically a bruising of of the brain. And that's underneath uh, the skin. I'm not sure if that's under the skull. I'd have to look that up. Is it the medulla oblongata? <laughs> Sorry. Waterboy, another Disney Sorry. movie. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Not a problem. Yeah, no, we love that movie. Oh my God. Didn't, um, by weird coincidence, I think uh, Adam Sandler had an injury today oh, yeah. or yesterday. Oh, yeah? I, I saw a brief something, but I didn't yeah. read it. Yeah, hey, same. The interesting thing about, the, the particularly interesting thing about this particular injury and the reason why I've featured it so much in my bio is he says he has experienced almost no depression following this injury. I can only assume he isn't suggesting head, inj- head injury as a mental that's when, illness. That's when he quit drinking too. Like he immediately yes, exactly. That having been said in February, 2019, he remarked that he hadn't had a drink in four years. I have to wonder. The math's off, but. One also has to wonder if his drinking contributed to or even caused his divorces. It might have contributed to his remarriage to his second wife as they remarried after he had not drank for two years. With 24 movies and 41 TV credits to his name, he has been acting consistently since 1986. He is best known in America for News Radio and Kids in the Hall, a comedy troupe he co-founded. He also has life. many, I'm sorry, Aaron. And A Bug's Life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, 41 movies. Um, it is obvious to me that he must be the kind of person people want to work with 
as many of his credits are with the same producers, directors, and actors again and again. A great representation of that vaunted Canadian reputation for nice. As another actor that has been um, profiled, so Hartman, he is from originally Ontario, Canada. Brantford. So, yes. So just like Stephen Root, or I mean, uh, Phil Hartman, he is from Ontario, Canada. Thank you for mentioning that right there, because I was waiting for you to finish to say, I hope I don't sound stupid, but he's Canadian and Phil's Canadian. Is this a Canadian show? Yeah. <laughs> well, very Canadian. About 40% Canadian, it seems. Yeah. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Yeah. A little spoiler for bonus bonus bio later. Um, Vicki Lewis is a Cincinnatian. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I did do a short dive into Vicki Lewis because I always found her. I like the, I, there's a lot of redheads in my family. She's a sassy So I'm redhead. drawn to redheads. Yeah. She's older uh, than I would have thought, too. Yeah. Plus, you yeah. got redhead DNA. That's what you tell mm-hmm. your dentist all the time. Well, I need more. I do have right yeah, DNA. <laughs> I have to do two cousins and uh, and and three nieces right. and or nephews. But, well, I mean, the reason that's significant is because you require more anesthesia. Right. Right. Redheads require more anesthesia. Really? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the Cliff Clavin fact of the podcast there. Yep. Uh, you know, Nami. <laughs> I guess we'll have to do a cheers. There's some, some trivia. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, that was well done, uh, Lise. Well, thank you, John. Very well done. I yeah. always wonder if he's not just shining it up, you know. <laughs> Comes What's around that? to me again, huh? Yeah. All yep. right. All so right. I assigned myself uh, Andy Dick and Joe Rogan. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. First, we're going to oh, do... Hey, can you start with Andy Dick so we can first end on First, we're going to do note. Andy Dick, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, I got, I've got some bonus stuff after them, so... Well, Andy Dick kind of does it. Yeah. Well, I work tomorrow, so let's go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he's he's first known for his work on the Ben Stiller show, 1992-93, and he was the co-star in the Polly Shore film In the Army Now. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah. In 2007, he was roasted on the on the Howard Stern show by by Artie Lang, Lisa Lampanelli, Reverend Barb, Reverend Bob Levy. Sal Governell, Shoal, Colin Quinn, Benji Bronk, Dave Attell, Greg Fitzsimmons, and Yucko the Clown. Um, Andy Dick also has his own show on Howard Stern's serious channel, The Shit Show, Thursdays at midnight. There are numerous sexual misconduct allegations. He groped Pam Anderson at her 2005 roast and attempted to grope Courtney Love at the same event. Here's the first of my uh, sentences I was really proud of crafting. Love slapped him in the face. <laughs> yes, well, he kept trying to slap it in the face with his junk. That's right. The second one, um, I'm kind of I'm somewhat less proud, but this one was fun too. Dick was forcibly removed from Jimmy Kimmel Live <laughs> in 2007 for repeatedly touching Ivanka like Trump. Oh, that's terrible. I, wow. Yeah. In 2008, Dick pulled down the tank top and bra of a 17 year old girl, exposing her breasts. 2011 was thrown out of the AVN Adult Video Awards after repeatedly groping and stalking adult film actress Tara Patrick and drag queen Chi-Chi LaRue. In 2017, he was fired from the film Raising Buchanan due to allegations from at least four members of the production involving unwanted groping of genitals, unwanted kissing slash licking, and unwanted sexual propositions. It's getting dark now. This is getting really bad. 
I only have, I only have two more in 2019, a man knocked him out with a punch to the head after Dick allegedly groped him. My third proud sentence, Dick went to the hospital with brain bleed. Mm. Mm. Do you think he pulled out of Kimmel prematurely? (laughs) 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 He um, exposed himself in comedy clubs in Edmonton and Hollywood and at the Newport Beach Film Festival. Okay, next category of Andy Dick. Wow, what a creep. Yeah. He struggled for a long time with drugs and alcohol. They're usually a factor in his groping escapades. Um, His John Lovitz feud. John Lovitz blames Dick for Bill Hartman's death, as Dick gave Hartman's wife, Bryn, a recovering addict, cocaine at a Christmas party at the Hartman home in 1997. Bryn began using drugs and alcohol again, culminating with her murdering Phil Hartman and committing suicide while on cocaine, Zoloft, and alcohol. Wow. Lovitz confronted Dick about it on the news radio set, saying, I wouldn't be here if you hadn't given Bryn coke in the first place, later apologizing to Dick for the remark. Mm. In 2007, Dick approached Lovitz in a restaurant saying, I put the Phil Hartman hex on you. You're the next to die. Oh, my God. Later that year at the Laugh Factory, Lovitz demanded an apology from Dick, but Dick refused. And this is the last of my sentences I'm proud of. Lovitz smashed Dick's head into the bar. All right. That's all my entendre sentences. Now we move on to Joe Rogan. Wow. That's, yeah, that was deep. That was deep. That, yeah. That'll take some time to process, but uh, mm-hmm. you weren't familiar with the, uh, you didn't know Andy Dick. <laughs> well, I, I've well, heard he, this, you know, probably this I stuff mean, that's been sanitized for TV, but. You right, know. right. Because we yeah, did. Watch- but I didn't realize it was a, a list of shit like oh, that. I just right. scratched the surface. Wow. Yeah, he was on. Oh, yeah. He's been. Yeah. That's horrible. I, I just did the noteworthy ones. And some of those were like, you know, three in one sentence. And so, okay, he, somebody hires him to be a... He exposed himself at comedy clubs in Edmonton, Hollywood, and at the Newport Beach Film Festival. It's like... So he goes on a show, he acts 17 year old, he pulled down her, her top and, and her bra. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He groped uh, Ivanka Trump repeatedly. I know you read Kimmel. the... Right. Yeah. So we're talking about like a mental health issue here. Oh, he's, he's, he's fucked. Yeah. All I'm saying is that they're hiring him anyway, because if he does something inappropriate, it's just going to get them ratings. Well, the last thing they did, though, fi- got him fired or he got fired from the last project, although right. he was always on those uh, reality shows. Right. You know, right. Like I said, he was celebrities on who are messing in rehab, mm-hmm. the real story, whatever they are. Anyway, Seth so Rogen. Joe Rogan. Joe, yeah, well, Seth Rogan be more fun. Too. Joe Rogan, he was the lightweight U.S. Open Taekwondo champion at age 19. Mm-hmm. He retired from competition at 21 <clears throat> when he started working in stand-up comedy in Boston. Um, he was getting headaches from all <clears throat> the, the fighting. Um, Rogan's MTV half-hour comedy hour episode led to roles on a baseball sitcom entitled Hardball in 1994 and then News Radio. 95 to 99. Ray Romano was originally cast in the role of Joe Gorelli on news radio. Oh, wow. If that was even the name, but that character. But Romano was fired after one rehearsal. Hmm. Rogan has been performing regularly at the Comedy Store since 1994, has been a mixed martial arts interviewer and commentator since 97, hosted Fear Factor from 2001 to 06 and 2011 and 12. And in 2003, he and Doug Stanhope became co-hosts of The Man Show after uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla left. 
Um, I will it will institute here that Philip absolutely despises Adam Carolla. Yeah, I'm not a big fan either. Um, I did enjoy uh, porn star good. home repairs though. Porn He's got star funny, funny bits. I, I like his I like rich man, movie. poor man bit. Like, Look at yeah. Jimmy Kimmel though; like he became something else. You know? Yeah, that was great. yeah. Jimmy Kimmel's fine. It was Adam Carolla that Philip disliked intensely. Well, the, the best thing I, I love, the best yeah. thing Adam Carolla. Does I'm sorry, you said I his... despise that man. He's horrible. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm sorry for misrepresenting. No, you. that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a crime. <laughs> I, I did. I kind of like this movie. <laughs> Which I can't one? Remember the name of it now. I thought it was like Gilbert Gottfried. Really it, 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 it wasn't yeah. a comedy, really. Wasn't was like one of those things? The Hammer. They, uh, they the got hammer. for people. They were revenge for hire. No, he's a like he's a carp, He's a carpenter that becomes a boxer. Oh, okay, that one I don't know. Well, here's the thing about. Okay, I'll tell you about Corolla. Uh huh. When I first saw him, it, it took me a long time oh, not to, to convince me he wasn't Gilbert Gottfried, who had had. Just, got on steroids or you know it started just to, a really tall skinny girl. i like gilbert godfrey mm-hmm. well i don't like gilbert godfrey right. <laughs> so. well god rest his soul yeah yeah he's, yeah, never, you know. he's never said he hates gilbert godfrey. i'm sure i would have gilbert on he the just show finds him annoying if he were here with us oh, yeah, gilbert absolutely. gilbert made it okay to laugh again after 9-11 mm-hmm. <laughs> well that's I, I don't know that story but i believe you mm-hmm. He told the he he told the aristocrats. Wait, you're jumping in onto his story. Uh, are we doing a are we doing a Gilbert Gottfried? No, yeah, he's jumping he's in on my own story. I'm still do, I'm doing Joe Rogan. Yeah, he's there. still doing Joe Rogan. <laughs> but um, come on, to she's going to work tomorrow. His, his funniest bit is he calls it rich man, poor man, and the best example is um, if you have an outdoor shower, you're either a rich man or a poor man. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, see, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's it was, it's it's a good one. Um, Depends on the shower. He Rogan was a longtime skeptic of the Apollo moon landing, but has since reversed his stance. He mm-hmm. is a Bigfoot enthusiast. Mm-hmm. He's a regular user of sensory deprivation tanks, flotation therapy. I want to do that. I like that. I like the idea of that. Um, he's a famous crusader against joke thieves. He called out Dane mm-hmm. Cook and confronted Carlos Mancia. Oh, please. really? I didn't. Mancia. I knew about Dane Cook, but I didn't know. Oh, about yeah. Him. The mind he, of Mancia. Yeah. He mm-hmm. practically choked Carlos Mancia. Mm-hmm. Two thousand nine, he began podcasting. He's, he had some controversies there. Uh, the COVID nineteen controversies. Where he compared, there were comparisons on his show of the pandemic policies to the Holocaust. Holocaust. Really? Yeah. I've, got the word wrong there that's okay that's okay. i spelled it right we forgive you <laughs> um his promotion of ivermectin while it was still unproven and um the artist exodus is from spotify that neil young joni mitchell nils rofkin and uh podcaster Brene brown spotify did refuse to carry 42 episodes of the joe rogan experience to which it has exclusive rights mm-hmm. but his other controversy is um offensive language Mm -hmm. um india re released a compilation of rogan's uses of the n-word on instagram oh lovely why do some people get away with it and mayron kagani calls out his use of the gay slur f-word in his act Mm -hmm. i have stuff on uh, mara tierney and condi alexander and vicky lewis as well okay so you want to do what you've got on um, vicky lewis 
Uh, that was pretty much it that she was from Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's born, born and raised in Cincinnati. Her parents were an air traffic administrator and a nursing supervisor. Okay. She played Georgia's secretary, Ada, in two episodes of Seinfeld, The Secretary and The Race. It's okay. definitely doable. And George yells, I'm giving you a raise while he's having sex with um, and he, Giving him he was, a raise. He was in no way authorized to uh, give her a raise, but talked Steinbrenner into it. She ended up making more money than him. Um, starred on Broadway as Velma Kelly in Chicago. She played Gloria Thorpe in Damn Yankees, Mary Warren in The Crucible, and she was in Pal Joey with B.B. Newworth, Frazier Crane's ex-wife Lilith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, I remember her. She voices a lot of animated characters. Um, she's in Rugrats and Wild Thornberries, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, her like guest appearances on TV, she's been in Murphy Brown, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Modern Family, Grey's Anatomy, The Middle, Bones, The Blacklist, Caroline in the City, Norm, Angie Tribeca. But her film credits, the two that I'm going to put in here, Godzilla 1998 with Matthew Broderick. That's for Eli. Uh-huh. And the I film adaptation. I don't know if you even in that. And the film adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's Breakfast of Champions, 1999. That was with Bruce Willis. Okay. Yeah, I I I feel like many of the really excellent sitcoms with the really good characters um, feature quite a few character actor types in the roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, when you come right down to it, Dave Foley, Stephen Root, and Vicki Lewis are all character actors. I guess I'll uh, go over Condi Alexander. Mm-hmm. The first fact being that she pronounces her first name Condi, not Candy. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the choreographer for Whitney Houston's World Tours from 1998 to 92. Oh, wow. As well as the David Bowie fashion music video. She was a choreographer and dancer. Okay. She played one of the dancers in A Chorus Line, 1985, with Michael Douglas and Terrence Mann. Mm-hmm. Um, she joined ER with Maura Tierney. Um, she joined ER with Maura Tierney and also had steady roles on CSI Miami, Dream, Scandal, and the miniseries The Corner, which I haven't seen yet, but I think that's a David Simon, the guy from The Wire. And she uh, played Contessa Carmilla de Mornay in an episode of What We Do in the Shadows can't leave that out because I love that show so the uh, last one I have notes on is Maura Tierney um, she was added to the cast of news radio the day before the pilot was shot she uh, defeated Lauren Graham at the final table of Celebrity Poker Showdown in 2003 hosted by Dave Foley Foley, Graham and Tierney were all on news radio Graham pay- played an efficiency expert over an arc of several episodes mm-hmm. um Maura Tierney was cast in Parenthood. She's in the pilot and in promotional materials, but she had to leave after discovering she had breast cancer. Mm. She was replaced by Lauren Graham. Mm. And she had steady roles on ER, for which she had an Emmy nomination. Mm-hmm. The wine's working. I can't say Emmy nomination. Rescue mm-hmm. Me, The Good Wife, and The Affair, which she won a Golden Globe for and had an Emmy nomination. I liked that show. That was a good show. Yeah. But that's yeah. also where I discovered... Mm-hmm. I Changed the Locks by Lucinda Williams, which mm-hmm. is a really good song. Yeah. Lucinda Williams is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We Does like anybody that. have anything else to add about the, mm-hmm. about about Rocket about Fuel sh- or News Radio or Gaziza or anything? 
Oh, you I'll mentioned physical comedy. I'm good at friends. What? You did have I, physical comedy points. That's right. Right. In this episode, the one thing I will add, this is the last thing you asked if there's anything that I would add, the amount of physical comedy, you know, the sight gags in this episode of News Radio was noticeable. You know, the things with the... Uh, yeah, they, they do do that a lot. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. Hitting yeah. the ceiling and the, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, drywall coming down and the... Um, fire extinguisher. There's definitely and, a nod to yeah, source. Yeah, if you're, vi- if you're vision impaired or not looking, you'll miss some laughs. That's true. Let's go ahead and yeah, start I think, Yeah, we're, I mean, it's 10 o'clock here and we do have to work tomorrow too. Yeah. So, okay. All right. And it was fun as okay. always. Thanks, everybody. I need popcorn. Thanks. So, okay. bye, Tango. Thank you. Good night. Bye, Phil. Thank you. Good night. Bye. See you next time. Have fun. Yeah. We have social. Twitter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Instagram. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Facebook. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pod. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week. Bye.